episode 116 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Hey everybody, Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another week of Knicks and NBA talk. Hope you're having a good week. Hope you are safe wherever you are and wherever you are listening. Um, I... I I want to start, I guess, by saying that, you know, another kind of slow week of news, obviously. It's, it, this has been a speculation kind of week. You know, a lot of the stuff that's been thrown out there has been, well, this player could be better than this player, and this player could be better than that player. I have a little bit of a rant I kind of want to go on um, at some point during the show. We'll get to a little bit of Knicks news. We'll get to some NBA news as well. The Damian Lillard stuff's quieted down. This week, the Ben Simmons stuff has quieted down this week. We've also talked a lot about it. We've talked a lot about Ben Simmons lately. We've definitely talked a lot about Damian Lillard. So there's not a ton to talk about with them this week, and there really isn't any updates yet on what's going on. I guess I'll start with with a little bit of a rant here because... Just because I've been listening to different podcasts, involved in different conversations, and this is definitely off the beaten path. We know I don't think this is a topic we've ever talked about on this show, and I never thought I would talk about it. But because it's a little bit of a slower week, because multiple people asked me about it this week, pardon me, whether it's been on social media at SJ7, where a lot of you tend to hit me up, or on the comments section, although uh, I don't believe this was brought up there. This was more of a, you know, friends asking and then also on Twitter, on social media as well. And, and every once in a while, people that, that follow the show or, or, you know, sometimes I post it on other social media platforms like Instagram or Facebook. Sometimes you guys will hit me up there as well. Um, the, the 2K ratings. Um have become a bit of a discussion over the last couple of weeks. It's all, you know, honestly, all the discussions I've heard around it are lighthearted, right? Some people care, some people don't. Um, I, I, I just don't like when it becomes a story. Like when I see a headline about RJ Barrett having a better 2K rating than what, who was, I think it was Karis Levert. And I'm just like, who cares, right? The, the, reason, I, the reason I really started to, to get a little upset about this was because I, I compared a little bit to FIFA ratings, right? For those that are into soccer like I am, and I, I've mentioned on the show my, um, my love of the game, and I actually played soccer more growing up than I did almost any other sport, probably besides baseball. And then basketball was kind of my third sport as a kid through, you know, high school. And then I, I you know, continued to get into it as a fan. And now it's a big part of what I do professionally. Uh, away from the podcast, I do a lot of play-by-play. And soccer has become a big part of my career. And, and I love that. It's one of my favorite sports to call. But I think about that because FIFA ratings tend to mean a lot more in European soccer than the 2K ratings do in the NBA. Um, first and foremost, because FIFA is a much bigger game. FIFA probably, I have no numbers to back this up, 
So I apologize for that. But I can't imagine 2K outsells FIFA. FIFA is global. FIFA is literally every corner of the world. People will buy that game. Um, and you have bigger global superstars that are tend to be on the cover of FIFA. We're talking Lionel Messi. We're talking Cristiano Ronaldo. We're talking Kylian Mbappe. So when you hear players get interviewed in Europe, it's normally similar, right? Some people care. Most people uh, do care, actually, I would think, from based on the interviews I've heard. Most soccer players care about their FIFA rating. It is a bit of a bone of contention because, um, especially for some of the unknown players, the knock is that, well, FIFA doesn't know how good I am at this. FIFA doesn't know how good I am at that. And you see it, you know, it, it's, you know, teams on their social media or their YouTube channels or whatever they'll post about their, the team's FIFA ratings. They, you know, there's uh, interviews where that will come up, you know, the speed is better than this person's speed or or whatever. And, and it's kind of playful and and stuff like that. And I, I just, I, the part that I get upset about is a little bit upset. I think I'm overhyping my frustrations a little bit here, but when an article's written about it, when it's used for content with a headline, I don't know what that, what it is. I just kind of go, really? Really? That's the, you know, RJ Barrett's 2K ratings higher than Karis Levert's penny for your thoughts? Like, I, I don't, I don't really get that. I, I, I'm not too, like, I, I, I could be wrong. I don't really see that with FIFA ratings. And FIFA's, FIFA ratings, you could argue, are more important to the, to the soccer players than they are the 2K ratings to the NBA players. It's very rare that you will hear, I don't know, um, one of the, you know, Damian Lillard complain about his 2K rating. Maybe he has. I haven't seen that. I'm, I'm free to be corrected on this. I, I just, I, it doesn't feel like as big of a deal. And it's certainly not a, a, you know, a a question I've heard a lot in interviews, you know, and, and things of that nature with NBA players until kind of the last couple of years. I heard it on the JJ Reddick podcast with Tyrese Halliburton as a guest. They were talking about it. Um, but I, I'll say this, it, it does feel like 2K, the NBA players care less about the 2K rating than maybe the soccer players do about the FIFA rating. So in general, I feel like that conversation is a little bit overblown in, in certain regard. And then when it's used for content, as far as a headline or something like that, that really like, and, and probably I'm already talking too much about this, but I, I just feel like it's not relevant but then again i could be you know it's kind of like this show at times where we have a slow part of the off season but i i try to bring up stuff that is somewhat relevant and i think what i what what i'm trying to take from this is that this is a small prop small part of a bigger problem with media and people that claim to be journalists and things of that nature I just feel like that's not the content that should be talked about in that kind of a, like, it's not a big deal. You know, it's clickbait. It's classic clickbait. And it's my roundabout way of saying, is that, did you really need to do that? Did you really, was it that necessary? Honestly, 
as a fan, and I, I haven't played 2K in years. I really, I haven't played 2K probably since high school consistently. I can't remember the last time I played a game of 2K. I played FIFA recently, but that's, you know, I, I, I like playing FIFA more than I like playing 2K. But I, I think two things come to mind, right? Like, for people that play 2K, it matters, I guess. But with 2K, I, I, and I think 2K is getting a little bit on the, on the ropes, a little bit with reviews and stuff like that. Because it's tough to reinvent the game to a certain extent. But I think it's, it, it comes down to who are you targeting? Is it clickbait and is it relevant? Like, I, I can tell you without question that I have no idea what RJ Barrett's 2K rating is. And frankly, I don't care. I really don't care. Maybe, you, maybe some of you that listen to this podcast do. I'm not trying to take a shot at anybody that's a fan of 2K. But it's, it's the fact that, like, who cares what Karis Levert's 2K rating is? It really doesn't matter. And to be fair, I feel the same way about FIFA ratings. I'm just comparing the two because in a place where that's more relevant, their ratings are even more relevant than the 2K, you still don't see stuff like this with clickbait very often. You'll see videos, but it's like within another piece of content where they're really getting to know the player. They're trying to get down on a you know, get it on a down-to-earth kind of level, and that's a question they'll throw in. But, like, this is, you know, this is more than that. This is clickbait, in my opinion, for, a, what, a, a two-minute article to read? Like, that's where I just kind of go, was that, did you need to do that? Was that really necessary? I, you know, it is, it is what it is. And to be fair, I used to be a writer on one of those sites back in the day. I'm not going to go into details, but I, I've been in those shoes, and I didn't like it. You know what I mean? I've been there and I got out of it. You know, I, I, it wasn't worth it, you know? And it was one of those things where it, you, it's almost, it's like mind numbing stuff sometimes that gets wrote, written about in those, on those kind of websites. So there's a little bit of bias there on my part that I'll admit, but every time I see those, I just kind of go, oh, I cringe. I cringe a little bit when I see those kind of things. So I just wanted to, you know, it's a different kind of topic. I'm curious your thoughts on it, especially on a slow week. So I want to hear what you guys have to say. It's not a huge debating kind of thing, but I'm curious your thoughts on the clickbaity aspect on it and and whether or not you care about 2K and the player ratings. I'm curious to see if if people think the way I'm thinking or, or if I'm maybe off base here. So taking a little bit of a risk, putting in, in the hands of, of, uh, a video game uh, enjoyers. And the reason I'm saying that is because I am one and I know it can be very subjective. You know, a lot of people that like certain video games really don't like other kinds of video games. So I'm curious to hear what you guys think, but let me know in the comments or on Twitter at SJ7. Okay, let's take a look at some NBA headlines here. Again, there's not a ton to talk about with the Knicks this week. Um, besides RJ Barrett's 2K rating, um, but it's it's we we do have some slight Knicks news slash more NBA headlines. There's a report uh, that the Dallas Mavericks are expected to sign Frank Nilakina, obviously former Knicks guard, and this is according to Mark Stein. Uh, this was from a couple of days ago, and obviously there was you know. 
when they, when Nilakina was drafted, Dennis Smith Jr. was taken by the Mavericks, I believe, in that same draft. I think one spot behind him, I think. And it was one of those things where, you know, everyone kind of went back and forth on what the Knicks should do in that situation. They ended up, you know, taking Nilakina. They ended up getting Dennis Smith Jr. a little bit down the road, obviously. But in the end, you know, it came it came back down to, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. You know, was not ready for New York. He was dealing with a lot of off-the-court issues. And now Frank Nilakina, who has been a, a bit of a hot spot on this show. I know a lot of people in the comments have really gotten after me on Frank Nilakina. Um, the the uh, the support, for lack of a better term, from Nilakina has been interesting. Uh, since I even started this podcast, I've been very consistent on this, uh, that I wanted Frank Nilakina um, to have a lesser role on the team from the beginning. He was too inconsistent, and I just never thought he was really ready to be a Nick. We'll see how he does with the Mavericks. He'll have a teammate there uh, in Reggie Bullock, who I'm sure he's close with to a certain extent, and... If this happens, I'm curious to see how Frank Nilakina, who's still only 23, to be fair to him, will do on a team that is a little bit deeper and is playoff and championship potentially ready in a very deep Western Conference. I think, I think Frank Nilakina can provide some defense for this team, but I, I worry about him on the offensive end of the floor and, and even defensively. And I, again, I've been very, very consistent with this. He has been tough to watch at times. Very inconsistent. So Dallas could be a good spot. It seems like where Nick uh, careers tend to go uh, when you leave the Knicks. Apparently Dallas tends to be your next destination. Uh, Hardaway's there. KP is there. Reggie Bullock is there. And now Frank uh, is looking to join them potentially as well. So it's that next step, apparently, from the Knicks. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. I This was an interesting story because I wasn't sure what was going to happen with Frank Nilakina. I'm not surprised it's taken this long for a team to to come in and get him. Um, I'm, not, I'm not totally surprised either with which team it was, only because as good offensively as the Mavericks are in the backcourt, defensively is a place in the backcourt where they could get better, and they don't have a lot of room on the roster. So you got to kind of go with a little bit of a flyer here, and Frank Nilakina fits that role. You're not sure what you're going to get. There's some upside. He's 23, still has room to grow, room to learn, but I just don't know if he's going to be ready to be on a playoff contender and be an impact player on a a contender in the West, which is, we've talked about it, despite the East getting much more deep, it's still deeper, the West. It is so good. From 1 to 9, 10, it's really good in the West. And the Mavericks are still trying to get over that first round hump. They've been knocked out, I believe, the last two years now by the Clippers in six games. So... We'll see. We'll see. It's clearly a depth piece, a bit of a flyer for the Mavericks. Listen, I wish all Knicks, former Knicks, the best. I hope they're going to be good in their new situation. Maybe it's a better fit. I mean, that's the other thing, right? Maybe it's a better fit. Maybe with a coaching change, 
Uh, Frank Nilakina will feel like he could make more of an impact. And we'll wait and see. I, I think, I'll say this, I, I think when you look at the Dallas Mavericks roster, and then you look at, obviously, the fact that Jason Kidd is now going to be their head coach, this is this has got some potential here for Frank Nilakina to potentially work out. There's something here, potentially. I, I, I'm very, very interested to see how Dallas uses him. And... On a team that is a little injury-prone, a team that needs a little bit of depth, needs a little bit more defense at times, Frank Nilakina checks off some of those boxes. He really does. So, very intrigued to see how him and, and I think Reggie Bullock's going to do great in Dallas. I think that's exactly what they needed as well. So, Dallas, Dallas makes a couple of interesting depth moves, and I thought the Knicks obviously answered well with with what they brought back or what what they've brought in to upgrade at those positions with Fournier and Kemba Walker. And we've, we've talked at nauseum about that and now we'll just wait to see how it all pans out. So we'll see. I was, I mean, I was just on a Phoenix suns podcast, uh, shout out to Dave King. And I, I was able to, to talk about Alfred Payton for, for a while, uh, earlier this week. And, you know, it's curious, you know, the Suns fans kind of feel similar about Alfred Payton than to, to what Knicks fans feel, which is, uh, let's see what happens, you know, <laughs> not too thrilled about it. But I just told him, like, kind of, kind of what I told uh, you guys on this show last week, which is that you just got to wait and see. Alfred Payton's, you know, going to have less pressure on him. He's going to be able to fit a role that is kind of tailor-made for him to succeed, potentially. And Chris Paul being with him. I don't know if I mentioned that on this show last week. Having Chris Paul to kind of mentor Alfred Payton could be a massive boost to his confidence. So we'll see what happens. And um, I did get to promo my show on uh, <laughs> on the Suns podcast, our sister podcast. And uh, if any of you are coming over from there to listen, I really appreciate it. Um, it means a lot. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. Uh Dave King NBA on Twitter is where you can go hear it. Um, and I talk about the Knicks, talk about Alfred Payton, and talk about the upcoming season and expectations for the Knicks. So very exciting stuff. Uh, before I take a break, um, I do want to mention as well with, with Frank Nilakina, if he can fit that role, Dallas does become a little bit more deep and that makes them more interesting when it specifically comes to the playoffs because there are going to be some tough matchups that have to be picked up and I, I, I remember you know thinking back the other night to previous NBA champions and a lot of times it's those unsung heroes that could come up big I'm not saying that's going to be Frank Nilakina maybe it's a Reggie Bullock but you saw what happened with Bobby Portis in Milwaukee these are the kind of things when you when you go to a different team it's a different culture and you're ready for it, we'll have to see. I, I That last part, whether Frank Nilakina is ready for it, I, I'm still not 100% certain on. And I'm sure I'll get maybe even more hate in the comments, even though he's not even a Nick anymore. But I'll be honest, I didn't hear a lot of the... Uh, I, I didn't hear a lot of the, the Frank support when the Knicks got Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker, I must say. That, that support kind of uh, fluttered away. So uh, we'll see what happens. But for the time being, we'll take a break. When we come back, 
Let's talk about the John Wall news. This is kind of the big story of the week around the NBA and potential trade destinations for him. That and more is coming up next. Shock Shock Nick's podcast, Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. All right, so the John Wall news that kind of came out earlier this week. This is kind of the meat of the podcast this week with John Wall. Obviously, you know, he's been through a lot in the last few years. No question about that. Dealing with injuries, trades, uh, things of that nature. Um, It's a potential now that John Wall could be on the move. Um I'm very interested to see if this happens. Um, Obviously, at the moment, John Wall, who was originally brought into Houston to possibly be part of the future, it looked like, um, now could potentially be traded. Um, Here's where this story's gone all over the place at the moment. Some reports are saying that the, the Rockets and John Wall are agreeing to work together on a trade. But then ESPN insider Adrian Wojnarowski said that basically John Wall is impossible to trade. It's one of those things where he's he's really struggling to figure it out. Uh, sorry, figure out a way to get out of there because of his contract. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out to a certain extent. And I, I'm very... I'm very intrigued by this because I, I I don't know what John Wall's got left in the tank first and foremost. And then after that, I think it kind of comes down to, you know, what you think, um, uh, you know, what, what kind of fit he could be on a team, I guess, is the other part of that where you're kind of thinking if this is John Wall before the injury, and then you got to remember the injury and then you're thinking, well, now taking that down a notch. Now where's the fit for John Wall? And to be fair, you know, this could end up being another saga where we don't see a trade happen. Adrian Wojnarowski kind of saying that that, you know, could very well be possible. Um, Because it's not just Woj. There's other reports saying that the Rockets won't trade or buy out John Wall until next summer. So they might have to wait out on this and Obviously, Houston is Houston is going through their own their own stuff at the moment, and it's one of those things where I I just don't know what the future is looking like for Houston at the moment. They're looking to to build through the draft to a certain extent, and, and to be fair, you know, there's been a lot of scrutiny put on Tillman for Tita at the moment. So maybe that's one of the reasons they're just trying to you know move everybody along, and then. We'll see what happens, but I, I listen. I think John Wall could still very much help a team. It's just going to be what team is going to be willing to to pony up and give John Wall what he wants, or give the Rockets, I should say, what he wants. And and I believe there's something like ninety one million dollars remaining on this contract, and you know John Wall showed at times last season that he still he still got it. You know, he still got it. But it's it's going to be interesting to see what it's going to look like if if Houston can get rid of him, but 
I'm really, I'm really interested to see how it's gonna, how it's gonna go. I'm not entirely sure. And again, he showed good signs at times last season, but again, he played what? He played 40 games, 20 points per game, almost seven assists, but it's on a bad team. But again, he still showed you that he's got a lot left in the tank. Still got a lot left in the tank. Could help a team, you know? But I I don't know. I, I don't really know. I was looking at a few teams from around the NBA, you know, where they could possibly pull this off and then, and then kind of looked, you know, because I don't always get the numbers right with these salary cap stuff, but I, I looked at then a couple of different articles about it as well. And, you know, OKC is a team that's got cap space available that might be able to pull this off. I believe it's the most of any team remaining at the moment as far as cap space. Maybe. Maybe something could happen there. Could the Clippers potentially make this move i you know this one makes a little bit less sense to me um but the clippers have pieces that could potentially go the other way here some mentioned by a few different articles are luke Kennard, serge ibaka eric bledsoe but i i you know i don't know if that's going to happen you know steve balmer willing to take the hit i know he's made of money but John Wall is is a bit of a risky pick there, considering a risky trade there because of what you could possibly end up giving up the other way. I the other than that, <laughs> other than that, you know, the only other team I would have thought of, you know, maybe pre Westbrook was the Lakers, right? I I mean, pre Westbrook coming to the Lakers, that's really the only other team that I would have thought, yeah, maybe. Maybe them, but other than that, there's really not a, a lot to, to look at there. I don't know. I don't know. You, I think of fit as well. You try to think of fit, right? But this goes out the window with the amount of money John Wall has left on his contract. You know, could he go back to the Wizards? I, I, I don't think so at this point. It's a lot of money. It would be a very fun reunion. Bradley Beal and John Wall healthy again. Somewhat. You know, going back after it. I Maybe. I, I don't see them in. Again, I don't see them ponying up all that cash. You know? Someone's got to pay that fee. Someone's got to pay the rest of that contract. And I, I don't see the Wizards being that team. What about the Celtics? I, I, I Somebody mentioned the Celtics to me in this on this front. I was just like, Why? This, this is not a Celtics thing to do. They're just not going to do it. You know, it just wouldn't make any sense with the way they're still trying to rebuild around Brown, Tatum, and Smart. I, it's, that doesn't make any sense either. So, and and again, we might there might not be any movement on this until the end of the season. Next, you know, summer. So... We'll have to wait and see. Clearly, the Rockets are are ready to go. They they're they're trying to get rid of them, but it's it's not going to be it's not going to be that easy. When you look at who's got what available, when you look at the amount of money that John Wall's contract demands, and Houston's asking price is going to probably be pretty high. They're not going to want to pay all that money. You would hope, but then again, I. 
Tillman Fertitta, man, I, I mean, you just don't know. You just don't know with that guy. You just <laughs> It's it's a it's a whirlwind with him, man. I, I can't imagine being a Rockets fan right now. I mean, they're in they're in a weird situation because they were so close in recent years to getting to the top, you know, to get into an NBA Finals. They came very close multiple times against the Warriors, and they never got over the hump. And then the stuff with James Harden soured. Harden goes to the Nets. And that was in the middle of basically a Rockets fire sale. And now I, I don't know what the future looks like. It's a rebuild, that's for sure. But this could be a process kind of rebuild with like the Sixers had. I mean, this could take years. This could take four or five years to figure it out with the Rockets. It really could because it's, you know, there's no stars there to attract you, right? I mean, and now John Wall's going to be gone. And, and best case scenario in a year. So now you really got nobody there to, to, to attract anybody. And John Wall wasn't going to do it anyway. He's trying to get out. So the Rockets could be very bad for three, four years. It's possible. You know, now the beauty of the NBA is if, you know, you've got the right people in charge, you know, in a year or two, you could possibly get back to being competitive. It's possible through the draft and, and through free agency. We've seen it happen before, but I worry about who's running the, the Rockets. I worry quite a bit about who is running the Rockets. So, and that kind of, I just thought of this. It's like, which teams, you know, what, you know, who are the new fallen giants, right? Of the NBA and the Rockets are right there. The Rockets are, are, are the, the new fall, one of the new fallen giants right now. In the NBA, they're, they're just, where are they going? Where are they going right now in Houston? I don't know. That's the answer. I, I have no idea. I think of them, I think of the Spurs a little bit as well. It's been a slow burn for San Antonio, man. And Greg Popovich is still there. Give him credit. He's trying to get one more go at it. But this is going to be a really, a really big overhaul potentially for the Spurs I know they're always going to be competitive because it's pop and they draft well and and things like that but this this group is going to take a couple of years before we're talking playoffs they had good players these last couple of years Rudy Gay DeMar DeRozan and a good supporting cast through young guys the draft and veterans and it wasn't good enough in this Western Conference to get to the playoffs so I I I'm curious how the Spurs... I'm always curious about the Spurs as long as Pop's there. I'm curious how they're going to do, but I don't know how it's going to look. I really don't. I'm a little concerned with how the Spurs are going to look next year. I'm not really sold on this project yet, but it's Pop. and Although I say it's Pop every year, right? You guys listen to this show. I say it's Pop every year and they're going to figure it out, but they don't. These last couple of years, they haven't. So I, maybe, maybe the rebuild's what was required, but it's not going not gonna to be easy. I'm, I'm a little, little concerned, but it's good to see Pop sticking through it for now. I'm, I'm curious how many more years he's got left, but they're not competitive in the next few. I, maybe Pop hangs it up. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe not. Pop, Pop's, the, Pop's the ultimate, you know, not going to listen to the outside guys kind of thing. So, you know, more credit to Pop. 
I'm, I'm, I, I, I always admire his attitude when it comes to the media and speculation and stuff like that. And um, I'm curious to see what the Spurs are going to look like. And I don't know. I don't know. I definitely would put them in that fallen giant kind of a category. They're not a giant for their history, but they've been a giant of late. I, I just thought of the, the Raptors as well. Again, they recently won a championship. And then the team, you know, took a step back, obviously, after Kawhi went to L.A., but they never found it again. And now they're not really going to be competitive. I, I mean... When you look at the Atlantic Division, I mean, the Raptors are the worst team. The Raptors are the worst team right now. You know, you look at the Sixers, I think regardless of what happens this offseason, they're going to be there. You know, they're, they're, they're going to be right there for the, for the top spot. Um, I, I think there's no question about that. I think you look at what they bring to the table and hard to argue regardless of what they will decide to do this offseason with Ben Simmons, I think that they will likely be there towards the top. And then you look at the Brooklyn Nets, and I, and I think you have to say that they're very much in the mix as well. And then the Knicks, you know? The Knicks had kind of been the punching bag for a while. Not anymore. Not anymore. And then the Celtics, you know? The Celtics are still going to be competitive. They've got stars on that team. And a, a Raptors team that won 27 games last year just lost Kyle Lowry to the Heat this offseason. So the Raptors, you know, more of a recent NBA giant, they're, they're going to be looking pretty bad for a few years. Now, it's interesting how it kind of can shift. In the NBA, the hierarchy can certainly change quicker than sometimes we realize, I think, in the NBA. It's it's really, really interesting to look at. It really is. Obviously, you know, one other team that kind of comes to mind here in this conversation, and to be fair, again, it, it, I think they kind of fall into more of the recent giants that have kind of fallen off to a certain extent. But, I, I you know, OKC... OKC, again, trying to rebuild. They're making all these off-season moves. And I think it was the inside guys that said this inside the NBA. They're still not winning games, though. They're making all these moves. And, you know, was it Presti still there? He's still making all these nice off-season moves. They're making, you know, good decisions and stuff like that. But I'll tell you what, man. It's, uh, it's not leading to wins as of yet. They won 22 games a season ago. And... I don't see, like, where they're going. I don't know, like, what the plan is. And obviously, they had those great years, you know, just moving from Seattle. They had those great years with their own big three. They got to a finals. I just, I... They're a team I've been asked about. I don't know if they're going to be... I don't know when they're going to be competitive again. You can't win 12 games at home. And then the next year expect to be competitive right away. I just, with, with what they have at their disposal and in the conference they're in, right? Where the top 10 is really good. You could see the, the Pelicans take a step forward potentially, although if they don't, yikes. How long is that going to take? How long is Zion going to put up with that? I don't know. 
I, I look at the Rockets. They're going to be terrible, like I said earlier. The Timberwolves, I don't know. I, I go back and forth on their future as well. I don't think they're going to be very good. Hard to say that they're going to be competitive. And then I think OKC, they're the bottom three. After that, you've got a Kings team that it doesn't know whether to stick or twist on the future of their players. And then you got the Pelicans, who are, boy, they're getting close to a, to a bit of a crossroads here with Zion Williamson and whether or not he's going to be willing to commit long-term to the, to the future of this team. Because Memphis is good now, right? They've kind of moved themselves off of that. Golden State's healthy now. They've moved themselves away from this conversation. And obviously, I talked about the Spurs. They're going to be in this mix until they kind of rebuild this team. But man, oh man, there's been a lot of a lot of switching as far as the fortunes of certain franchises in the NBA in recent years. It's really interesting, right? I mean, the Bulls, it's been the opposite. And now they kind of could take the place of, of where the Raptors have been as being that other, you know, another contender that could potentially become a dark horse depending on these next few years. Uh, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. I, I, let me know what you guys think about the NBA offseason, let me know what you guys think about some of these teams and, and their futures. Um, you know, I apologize again, didn't talk a lot of Knicks this week. There really wasn't a ton to talk about. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of okay with that. You know, it's not always great content for this show, but as a Knicks fan, it's 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 kind of nice to have a you know a relatively quiet, confident offseason, you know, where there's not a lot going on, but the team's improved. You know, moves have been made. The draft goes well. You're seeing already good signs from the young guys. Mitchell Robinson looking healthy, looking athletic, looking spry, looking exciting. So I I think that that's all positives right now. And I think from there, you just look at the fact that, you know, this team's going to be a contender next season. And... That's that's as exciting as anything, and you know it's kind of nice to have our turn a little bit in a way of you know now we're in the mix, back in the mix. And I remember telling you know the guys on the Suns podcast that it's just nice to have a team that represents the city again, represents the tri-state area again for New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, all the Knicks fans from that area that grew up with it specifically. It's in their DNA, but really Knicks fans around the world have been waiting for this and. It's great to have it be relevant again, and we can kind of see, you know, where these other teams are. And it's like, yeah, that's where we were. You know, we were where the Rockets were. You know, we we're where the, the 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 Thunder are currently located. You know, Cleveland. Yep, that's where we were. That's where we were. But look where we are now, and and that's that's kind of what I'm trying to get at. That's what matters. So. Again, let me know what your thoughts are on the NBA news from around the league, the potential signing of, the, of Frank Nilekina to the Mavs, the John Wall speculation continues. Give me your thoughts on that, whether it's at SJ7 or in the comments, postingandtoasting.com, Shock Shock, Knicks podcast. Apologies, I don't always get a chance to check the website um, just because, again, I'm doing so much work. I know a lot of people still complain about it. I apologize. Uh, that's all I can really say. I don't always have time to check it just because you know, Twitter's Twitter's the best way to get me. It's on my phone, easy access. I have a quick opportunity normally to respond there. That's the best place to reach me. So at SJ7, 
Again, postingandtoasting.com, that's where you can get the podcast. It's gonna just it's just gonna be the less less of a chance you'll hear from me right away, but I will try to get back to everybody that responds on there just because I'm not always checking the website, not always able to do that. So again, hit me up, let me know what you guys think, and I'm looking forward to talking more Knicks and NBA next week. And until then, you guys have a great week. That's gonna do it for this week's episode. Stay safe out there. I hope you're having a good end to your summer. I guess it's really transitioning more into fall now. Hope you are enjoying the offseason. Looking forward, looking forward to Knicks basketball as we get closer and closer to the regular season. So have a great week, and I will see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.